Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. You know what's great about sports is you can't script these things, right? Um, you're watching this game. The Bucks are dominating it over the Buffalo Bills. They've got a uh, 24-3 to, to lead, in fact, uh, into the third quarter. And then all of a sudden it turns, Joey Knight, and... You get in an overtime situation, and the star of the game is somebody that has only been here a few weeks on his third football team in the same season, been from Detroit to the Bears to here. He catches one pass, and it's the walk-off game winner in overtime. That's what I love about sports. That's what I love about the NFL uh, is that sort of drama. What a story we had here at Raymond James Stadium Sunday night. That's what makes the – the fabric and the flavor of sports, Rick. You know, the Francisco Cabreras, the Bucky Dents of the world, and tonight the Brashad Perrimans. It was, it was fascinating. I, I think if Bruce Arians had his druthers, it wouldn't have come down to such a dramatic finish. But it did. That's the way it played out. And Brashad Perrimans, now one of the most unlikely heroes in Bucks lore. And for the UCF fans in our listening audience, they will remember about seven years ago at East Carolina, him catching that Hail Mary from Justin Holman, about 50 yards, 50-plus yards, last play of the game to beat East Carolina, UCF beats East Carolina, to either win a share or outright the American Athletic Conference title. It was that big, but seven years later, Brashad says, yeah, this, this one's a little bit bigger than that one. You know, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a Bucks legend to a degree now from here on out. No doubt. And, you know, I remember him, of course, and Bucks fans will remember him in 2019, the one year that he was here with Jameis Winston. Both Mike Evans and Chris Godwin had gone down with injuries. They couldn't finish the season. The Bucks were trying to still make a playoff run. They had a chance to finish 9-7. and seven. Um, Bashard Perryman had an unbelievable month of December, uh, and he had close to four or 500 yards in that month with five touchdowns from Jameis Winston. They won games. Um, you know, with Jameis throwing for 460 yards uh, at Detroit and other places. They were 7-7. Seven and seven. They wound up losing those two games. And, of course, that resulted in Jameis Winston um, being replaced by Tom Brady. But Perriman got something out of it. He got a contract, a $3 million deal uh, with the New York Jets, uh, where he went uh, and he played 12 games there. He had about 30 catches for like 550-something yards, whatever, and five touchdowns. Um, and then, you know, uh, he landed in Detroit this year, was cut at the start of training camp, ended up with the Chicago Bears. We talked to Shaq Barrett after the game, and he said, you know, we went to play the Bears, and I like see Perriman over there in street clothes. I'm like, hey, man, what's the deal? I mean, that's how fragile the NFL is, right? Uh, you have your stars, and we all know who they are, and the Mike Evans and the Chris Godwins and Antonio Browns and, and players like this. But the bulk of the league is made up of people like Perriman, who came from UCF. There's another UCF receiver here today, um, you know, on the other sideline. And they're, they're trying to fit in. They're trying to hang on. They're trying to make enough plays to get noticed. This guy is still big. He can still run. And, Joey, I got, I'll, I'll put my hand up and say this. For two weeks now, I've been bum-fuzzled as to why Brashard Perriman was playing ahead 
of Tyler Johnson and especially Scotty Miller, who was inactive on Sunday. Scotty Miller wasn't even in uniform. The plays that Scotty Miller made a year ago. I guess we saw tonight sort of the sort of things uh, and with the game plan of running the football, a bigger body, an explosive player, and Brashard Perryman earned every every opportunity he just got, which was one big one. He made the most of it. Yeah, uh, you know, and Scotty Miller was a healthy scratch tonight, Rick, as you mentioned. And I'm still a little bum-fuzzled by it, to tell you the truth, because Scotty Miller has made some big plays from Tom Brady. I think, uh, I think it's safe to say that he has earned Tom Brady's trust, if only from the NFC Championship game alone. And Tyler Johnson has made some plays, has made some clutch catches with his team from Tom Brady. But, you know, Bruce Arians has a good memory. And he told us after the game, he, he remembered how good Brashad Perryman was down the stretch in 2019. As you mentioned, when Mike Evans and Chris Godwin were hurt, he made a ton of catches. He made some big plays. And um, Bruce Arians liked that. He likes his skill set. Like you mentioned, he he's kind of a He's kind of an intermediate-sized guy, but who's got some jets and who can run. And we saw that tonight in a national TV viewing audience. A sold-out audience saw it, saw it tonight. And Bruce Arians knows more than we do. He's 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 at the he's at the he sees a lot more of the practices than we do. And you know we we saw some of his reasoning tonight. But I, I'm still I'm still a little flummoxed at how it all went down. But <laughs> tonight, for one magical night, it all worked out, Rick. One night, one moment, and that's what the NFL is about. And yet um, you walk out of here and you think, well, the Buccaneers would have been all the talk, and they still may be, right? Because uh, if you look at the NFC, you know, the, the Packers were, were beating Chicago. They still have uh, an advantage over the Bucks. The Cardinals did um, heading into their Monday night game against the Rams. But this thing is far from over. There's still four games to play. A lot can happen, obviously. The Bucks won't play another team with a winning record, I don't believe, when they play them. Um, you know, they got Carolina twice, they have the Jets, and they have the Saints on Sunday. But they put themselves in, in a great position. I, I think that had they beaten them the way they did in the first half, then then the whole, you know, the line of, uh, of questioning or reasoning would have been, well, the Bucks are the best team in the NFC. They're not going to lose. I'll say this, Joey. Home field to me, tonight proved to me on Sunday night that – Home field in these playoffs, in the NFC, you never want to go to Green Bay in February. We know that. But in particular, how good this team is with this crowd. And there were a lot of Bills Mafia here tonight. This was, this was a split crowd sometimes at best. But that energy in this building, they haven't lost in, a, in, in over a year here. And even that walk-off probably doesn't happen in Buffalo the way it did tonight. No, n- not at all. Let's think that. When is the last time they have lost a game at home? Was it was it the uh, was it the Rams that Monday night game or the- Kansas City? Kansas City after the Rams they lost two in a row and then they went into the bye week and they came back out and they got hot uh, and didn't lose again. As a matter of fact, won eight straight. But yeah, it was it was right here. Uh, would have been like last October sometime or early November maybe. Um, but it's been over a year since they since they've lost at home and. This is a tough place to play as any in the NFL, especially with the number of weapons. Look, we still saw – I mean, think about who made plays. You know, and they, they should have buried this team. We'll get into Josh Allen and what he was able to do against this defense. But Mike Evans made remarkable plays uh, with Tom Brady. Great catch in the end zone that I think only Evans can make, and the throw that Brady made was fantastic. Another one on the sidelines to set up another score. 
Chris Godwin had a bunch of catches again coming off that 15-catch game against Atlanta. Leonard Fournette uh, had a 47-yard touchdown run, another 100-yard day for him. So they've got weapons everywhere, and Rob Gronkowski could have had a huge day. What what interested me about this game is I thought that in the second half, Tom Brady played poorly. I thought that Tom Brady had an opportunity to make a lot of throws to a lot of open receivers. He missed Godwin over the middle one time. He tried to dig one off, off the ground that he sort of short-armed. Um, he missed uh, Gronkowski long for a touchdown, uh, missed him again uh, with a ball that was behind him. And, and Bruce Arians acknowledged this. You know, Tom Brady was running the football yeah. in this game, and he ran for three first downs. But that one-yard touchdown run, he got jostled around a little bit. We saw him go to the sideline and start throwing footballs. And at one point, somebody walked up to him. He goes, I'm okay. I wonder if they were a little bit worried and, and if – Anything at all, we'll see, you know, if they tell us anything, right? They don't really share many injuries. But I wonder if this for a while, he wasn't a little bit affected by something that might have happened with him running the football. The Bruce Arians made it clear he doesn't want to see him run the football. Right, and, and we both saw it. He he was kind of loosening up, throwing on the sideline after that touchdown run, like he was just trying to loosen up his shoulder. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll, we'll never get the you know we'll never get the the straight up. Uh, you know, I, I got dinged up a little bit, or I hurt my shoulder. We'll we'll never get that if if, if in fact that was the case. But I wouldn't be surprised to see him take a vet day off this mm-hmm. week. You know, with the with Saints coming, you know, Sunday night. But, um, yeah, Tom Brady, uh, I looked it up, Rick. Tom Brady has the most rushing yards this season, 68. That's his biggest rushing output since 2011 when he had a little bit over 100. And he said, you know, it's a part of me that kind of likes making those plays and making things happen with my legs, uh, contrary to what Bruce Arians wants. And he said, you know, that's enough of that crap, except he didn't say crap. But, uh, you know, at one point, it, 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 at halftime, Rick, Tom Brady had six carries and the Buffalo Bills had four. And, you know, we saw, we saw Brady run and slide like he did, you know, a couple of weeks ago. But we saw him lunge and take a shot stretching out on third and two to, for a three-yard gain for first down. And that wasn't his only one. He, on another third and short, he converted. Um, for whatever reason, he's just gotten it in his head or in his psyche to do that a little more often. Again, I think he had seven carries today, seven carries for 16 yards. But, you know, I, I think he got dinged up a little bit. That's the only alibi or explanation I can give for some of those misfires because they weren't just a little off the mark. They were, they were errant throws. We haven't seen him make throws like that to, to open receivers. These were not guys that were tightly covered. He did make the big throw, the one that mattered. But let's talk about a quarterback who did really da- damage with his feet, and that's Josh Allen. Look, I've seen a lot of quarterbacks scramble before, uh, and, and I can remember, obviously, Cam Newton in that 2015 year when he was the most valuable player. They ran power with Cam Newton as a running back uh, under center. It sort of looked like that today with Josh Allen. There were design runs with 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 linemen leading the blocks. Um, this guy is big. He is fast. He is powerful. Devin White said, you know, he was surprised at how much speed he had uh, to the outside. The guy wound up rushing, leading the Bills and rushing with 12 carries for 109 yards and a touchdown. And oh yeah, he threw uh, most of these in the second half for 308 yards and two scores. Had the one interception that Richard Sherman um, got, which was which was big at the time, but 
I mean, the future is bright for Buffalo. I don't know how much of a beating Josh Allen can take. He's a big guy. I don't know how much you want to put him in that situation. Could he become the next Cam Newton where he just gets beat up too much? But, man, he's a problem. And, and mobile quarterbacks have had their way with the Bucks a little bit this year, particularly on defense. Yeah, and, you know, he, he obviously draws the natural comparisons to Cam Newton. Rick, I think he's got a better arm than Cam Newton. Way better, yeah. You know, and the damage he did in the fourth quarter, we talked about his power runs, and, and Devin White alluded to it. You know, he said when they were in these – power run formations and they throw and vice versa well i'll tell you what in the fourth quarter he did the damage with his arm and some really nice throws and some tight windows he was 16 of 23 and i believe it was for 127 yards in the fourth quarter he had those two quick well one of them was a quick five play touchdown drive came back after the bucks three and out with like a nine play drive and then of course the 14 play 70 yard field goal drive to tie it up but most all of that done was done, Rick, with his arm in the fourth quarter. And on top of that, he still finished with 109 yards. You know, he's six foot five, 237 pounds. And e- even then, you know, I-, I don't know how long he can maintain that in this league. Bruce Arians said, you know, I would never put my quarterback in harm's way that much. And time will tell just how much Josh Allen can take. But if he can stay healthy, man, that dude's a problem. He's a problem, and yet the Bills are, uh, you know, they still, I think, control their destiny with respect to the playoffs. But now they've lost two games in, in the last, what, six, seven days, six days, I guess, uh, with the Monday night loss to New England in the cold. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The way this game started, I mean, the Bucks' defense was dominant. I was surprised they had their way with them. Um, this is how the Bills' first possessions went. Punt, punt, field goal, punt, interception, punt. That's the end of the first half. I don't think you can play much better defense against Josh Allen and that, and that football team. The Bucks were really doing a nice job, and they got pressure on him in a, in a myriad of ways, but mostly with blitzes. Um, but Shaq Barrett had a sack and a half. Devin White split a sack with Shaq Barrett, had a sack and a half. They were getting after him pretty good in the first in the first half, uh, and then he turned it around. Even after uh, turning the ball over on downs to start the second half, it went touchdown, punt, touchdown, touchdown, field goal. But then the big thing, of course, was in overtime. They lose the coin toss. The Bucks do. Buffalo gets it, and they get a three and out. And that was the most shocking thing, I think, of the entire night, that the Bucks were able to get off the field, even though Buffalo punted them deep. Uh, into their own territory. I think the the the, the Bucks took over like their eight yard line, um, and they had bad field position pretty much all night. And it was a throw to Mike Evans that got them going. Um, they're they're backed up at one point, um, even even in overtime. And of course, at this point, after each team has the football, it's a field goal game. Whoever gets the field goal is going to win it. And they had they had the punt, they would have ended up with uh, bad field position. Bills would have had good field position and maybe won this game. But credit. Tom Brady for, you know, being Tom Brady. Um, he finds a way in the fourth quarter uh, 
And like I said, this is only the second walk-off win of his career. He did it in 2000, I guess, what was it, 2013, I believe, uh, against Miami um, when he he had a touchdown pass in overtime. But I I really thought that, you know, they were going to run away with this game. And we're sitting here, you'd like to write an early lead, all that stuff. They don't care about our problems. Um, But the Bills, you know, it's funny because the Bills walked out here going, hey, Maybe this can rally us. Maybe there are no moral victories, but we just went toe to toe and came from twenty four to three down and had these guys on the ropes. Yeah, uh, I, you know, there there are no moral victories in, in in this league. But just hearing some of the quotes come out of the Bills locker room, yeah, it was it was that theme. And before we uh, before we give credit to Tom Brady in overtime. You got to give credit to Todd Bowles. Yep. That three and out, that Buffalo three and out after they won the coin toss, yeah. that that was kind of the game. And we'll go back, you know, the three plays. Singletary goes off left tackle. Vita Vea is right there to stuff him. And then Josh Allen show, throws that short throw to Cole Beasley. Mm-hmm. And uh, Carlton Davis ran him out of bounds. Yep. And then I, I don't know what was going on on third down, that incompletion, but it was way off the mark. And and Devin White said, hey, Todd Bowles pulled out one of his favorite coverages. He said, I, I'm not going to tell you all what it is. Everyone can go watch the film. But it's something basically where we keep everything in front of us, let the front four just try to hold them and just making sure we were uptight and not getting beat over the top and taking away the inside we're doing with Stefan Diggs and Dawson Knox. And it worked to perfection for three plays, and that's all they needed. And that's all Tom Brady needed. And then, you know, the rest is history and hysteria. Yeah, there was a lot of hysteria um, in this one. And, you know, this is a team that still needs to get healthy, Joey. I, I think about, you know, of course, they're going to play the Saints, and that's that's always a huge game. They've not beaten the Saints in the regular season in some time. Um, they beat them in the game that mattered last year. The Saints found a way to win, I guess, on Sunday with Taysom Hill, uh, he, another dual-threat quarterback. I mean, you know, he's not as big as Josh Allen and and not the thrower that Josh Allen is. But he could be a problem without Alvin Kamara is back. The Saints have had these guys' number, and there's no reason to think that they're just going to lay down and let them take over the division uh, title and put on hats and T-shirts uh, in front of them because they've owned this division for the last four or five years. Um, I think this is going to be another tough game for them. But I do think that the Bucks are in a you know just a better place, and they should get healthier. We saw Jamal, Jamal Dean go out again. Um, I'm not sure what his injury or illness was. I think he was sick. I think yeah. they said it was an illness. There's been some of that going around. The worst injury looked like Giovanni Bernard may have hurt his hip. We don't know what the extent of that is. Otherwise, it got out of pretty unscathed. Here's what I know. If they get past New Orleans, the schedule really helps them. I mean, Carolina has not won in, in a minute. They fired their offensive coordinator, Joe Brady. Um, Cam Newton has been pulled out of a couple games now. They lost to Atlanta. They got them twice. They got the Jets uh, after this Saints game. There's not a team that they're not going to be heavily favored against the rest of the way. Could they get Mike Edwards back after suspension? Yes, they will, December 26. I expect him and Antonio Brown. How much does an Antonio Brown – we talked about Perriman. Imagine an Antonio Brown joining this group. If he's if he's you know in shape, may take him a week or so, but we know his chemistry is good with Brady. How much better could this offense be? Because I'll be honest with you – when they're not missing throws, when they're protecting Brady, and he got sacked a few times uh, in this game, but when they're on their game, they're a handful. I don't know where you how you begin to try to stop them because that's 
that was the best defense in the NFL tonight. Yeah. You know that the Bucks played the Bills number one against the pass, really good against the run, but overall. They had 300 yards in the first half, and that's 40 more yards than they've been giving up in any game this year. You know, Rick, I asked you during the game, does this team need Antonio Brown to win another championship? And you said no. But with him, it's an embarrassment of riches. If and when Antonio Brown comes back and you've got Gronk playing the way he's playing and Leonard Fournette has become just a a three-down force and now, you know, Brashad Perriman's emerging as a number three guy, a fast number three guy. And, you know, we've seen Chris Godwin. He's got 25 dang catches over the last two games. Mm. And Mike Evans still making just the the catches that only Mike Evans can make. It's I, I don't know any other term aside from it's an embarrassment of riches. And to consider this environment they're playing in, if and when they can host some playoff games here, they didn't have this kind of atmosphere last year, and we have not seen these kind of atmospheres. And Lord knows when, Rick. I mean, they're they're selling out every game, and th- this was you know this was where the crowd booed them in the not booed but booed them in the uh, in the second half and overtime. And you know, you I was in the tunnel when Perriman scored his touchdown. The roar was incredible. This is um. You know, there's just not been an atmosphere, a home atmosphere like this in this franchise. It's been very rare in the past, and we all know when those times are, but it's been many, many years since we've seen this kind of atmosphere week in and week out. It's a it's a tangible advantage, and the Bucks have it now in addition to all their offensive weapons. I think that's well said, and I, and I, I do expect them to get better um, as, the, uh, as they start getting guys back. Um, defensively, you know, uh, they still have a ways to go. But when you look at this this Bucks team at home, they've been averaging close to 40 points a game. They scored 33, got out of here with a six-point win, um, but it probably shouldn't have taken that. I can't imagine a team coming here and putting 35 or 40 against this defense if, if the Bucks are on their game. Clearly turnovers would change that. A lot of things could change that. But for the most part, they've been fortunate with injuries from an offensive standpoint, offensive line in particular. I know Ryan Jensen played with a bad ankle, and God bless him, his first snap was a bad one. and almost cost him a touchdown as Tom Brady had to go back there and fall on it. Um, so things didn't get off to a good start. So you can always play poorly and lose. Um, but if they play their game, if they're on their game, they look like the Super Bowl champions. They, you know, From an offensive standpoint, you can feel momentum. Last year they did this. They won eight in a row. They've won four in a row now. They have four games left in this 17-game season. That could be eight in a row, and then a home playoff game or two, and you see where they wind up. Uh, The NFC Championship would not be far-fetched, and then you you take your chances from there, whether it's at home or on the road, uh, that you win one game and go back to a Super Bowl. Really remarkable. And Tom Brady's the head of all of it. I mean, Tom Brady, no matter what you say, look, the, the wheels could have come off here. They did get the three and out, but that ball was at the seven or eight yard line, and there's no guarantee you're going to make a first down, much less go down and score a touchdown and walk it off the way they did with the 58 yard of Bashard Perriman. I give Brady all the credit in the world. And I thought that he was going to come into the podium and be very sort of dour about the way he played and the way they played in the second half. But you can't watch that final play without still being pretty pumped up about it. And I, I felt that energy in that locker room was pretty damn positive, and that should carry over for them for next week. You know, for all his incredible 
feats at this level. Tom Brady's still a human being, and he's still human enough to get jacked up over an ending like that. And he's old enough and savvy enough to know that you every win at this level is precious. So uh, it, it was kind of cool to see him, you know, just uh, come out, like you said, not dour, but smiling and obviously very happy. More More happiness than relief, I would say. Rick, he has said, you know, at this point in the career, you know, the, the wins are more relief than happiness. I, I think there was some happiness tonight, and it was cool to see. It was cool to see just that little emotional side of him. But, uh, you know, he's he's not too old, and he's not too savvy to still not appreciate a night like this and what a night it was. Incredible night, and uh, the Bucks will be at it. Of course, they prepare for the New Orleans Saints, a chance to win the NFC South for the first time since 2007, get at least one home playoff game, maybe more. Uh, a lot at stake, of course, for them next week. And, uh, you know, they've only got four games to play. Hopefully get some people healthy as well. This was an exciting one. Brashad Perryman, the hero of the day, with his walk-off touchdown in overtime. For Joey Knight and Steve Verstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.